Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. We are on to episode 52 today. Hello to all our listeners and hello to any new listeners that might be with us today. Last time we had a main episode on this podcast, we spoke about firsts and carrying on from that, we've decided this time to speak about lasts or endings. So before we dive into that though, I thought we'd have our quick writing update. So Ashley, how have things been for you? Actually productive which is not (laughs) like actually productive, which has been good. Before this, I've been like moderately-ish productive, I guess, but this month has been a lot better. So I finished the chapter that I had started in the uh, last episode. It ended up being almost 5,000 words, which was not intended, but it kind of just happened that way, I guess. And sometimes you can't help it. It's fine. Yeah. And then moved on to the the next chapter and finished that one as well. So also good. And I'm now actually like about 900 words through the following one. So I'm making progress finally, which feels good. So what else have I been doing? Oh, I also started editing one of our teen fiction books as well. The third one, Darkness Set Us Free. Basically, I had someone who wanted me to be to read something for them. And then they were like, well, if you're reading mine, what would you like me to read of yours? And I'll, you know, provide some feedback and comments. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you can take the first few chapters of Darkness Set Us Free. Um, And they hadn't read any of the previous books. So that was a very good set of eyes to have. And they identified a few issues. Nothing major, just mostly character. It's a bit of an awkward scene and characters kind of just keep popping up and they weren't sure how many were there in the first place. And they're like, are they going to keep popping up for a couple, a few minor things like that? So I've been reworking the start of that as well, just trying to clarify it. So it's been good. Hopefully I can continue my momentum. Hopefully. What about you, Sarah? Well, I have not been as productive, to, or at least not to the extent that Ashley has. Although I do feel like I've been more productive in general in my life. Um, and Which is always good. Yeah, considering I've sort of said this before over the last few months, I forgive you if you don't believe me, but, you know, I am getting more writing done. The housework is also getting done more. And, yeah, for and on the writing side of things, I'm probably about halfway through my current chapter that I'm working on. I also managed to send my teen psych thriller away again to a few more agents, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. We're just kind of keeping it low-key, just doing a couple at a time, just because it gets kind of, it is kind of time-consuming. Like, even when you have the stuff that you need to send, it's still like, you know, you have to rejig a few sentences here and there, like, each time. And, yeah, so I don't like to spend too much time on it, because then I'm like, feel like I'm wasting time that I could be spending on mine and Ashley's stuff. But... At the same time, I think it's important rather than just leaving it sitting there that it does something. So (laughs) (laughs) definitely, definitely. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at 
been I, I was in that I also have been continuing with our novel critique group so I've gotten some very good feedback with our current work in progress over the past couple weeks well four weeks or so which has been good and it has also been helping me quite a lot with the chapters that I am writing because they you know point out a few things like they're like oh, okay I've got one particular character whose dialogue is always flat so now even though I'm like you know 20 I think I'm on chapter 28 now I'm making sure that that character's dialogue is better from now on so hopefully it won't be as much work later <laughs> things like that yeah so hopefully that's been quite good as well it does keep me motivated too which is good yeah all right shall we move on to the main discussion now I think so I mean it's I feel like it's going to be a long one or at least yeah. <laughs> I feel like when I was filling out the um Ashley usually sends sort of the questions over and then we each fill in our part and when I was filling out my part I was surprised to see how much I had to say about endings <laughs> so it could be a little bit of a long episode I guess we'll find out Alrighty. so hopefully I'm not alone in thinking this that deciding on the end of your novel is probably one of the most important decisions you're going to make uh, with regards to your book obviously we talked about beginnings in the last episode and how important it is to make sure you hook the reader so that you know they're engaged and keep reading but if you don't have a satisfying or gripping ending, that's going to be an issue because you really want to bring your readers back. You want to leave them desperately wanting to read more of your work. So if you let them down at the end, you're not really, you know, inspiring great confidence in them to come back for more. So I thought we could first talk about what we think are the most important elements of a great ending in your book. Um, and kind of go from there. Sarah, did you want to go first? Sure. So for me, the ending really depends on what you're writing. There is a world of difference to writing an ending a standalone or a final book in the series versus writing an ending in the middle of the series. So if it's a standalone, you want to make sure that all the threads are tied up and you want the ending to be satisfying for your readers. Though you might have a lot of action in the final payoff scenes, I feel like the ending itself doesn't need to be full of tension for like standalones or the final book in a series. So in my standalone psych thriller, I had the final chapter was full of drama and uncertainty, but then I added an epilogue to wrap up the subplots and explain what happened to the character a few months down the line. And I think this can be a good way of managing the standalones because although you want the reader to, to be gripped by the ending, you also don't want them to be closing the book with like a racing heart, wondering what's going to happen because that can make your readers frustrated when they discover there's nothing more to come. <laughs> so <laughs> you want to slow wind down to bring them to the final resolution. And writing the ending of a series or a book in the mid way in the series is a lot different you want them coming back so you want them wondering what the next book is going to hold so we're quite big fans of cliffhanger endings despite mm -hmm. some people really hating this method but I do think that the difference between a good cliffhanger ending and a bad one has to be taken into account I think the people who don't like cliffhanger endings are 
people who haven't read maybe what a good cliffhanger ending necessarily is because basically with them you want to make sure there's one major thread that's left undone and raises questions but you still have to ensure that the book has that final payoff in the last third you can't build your way up to this big event and then end the book because that just (laughs) does not work so my kind of view of it is the cliffhanger is the result of the final payoff and how the final payoff directly causes the character's life to change in a substantial way, whether that be a huge realization they have or whether their physical circumstances change in a dramatic way. And what the character is going to do about this new change is where the cliffhanger is created. And there's also a number of other techniques that you can use in the ending, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. I had them kind of written down here and then I like realized after reading Ashley's questions <laughs> that she, we refer to it later on. So um, I'll just leave that bit. But so what do you think is important in an ending, Ashley? For me, well, there's lots and lots of different elements that are important in an ending. And you touched on quite a few of them. I just thought I'd focus on like, probably the two that I think are the most important for me, at least for me as a reader, and they are having a satisfying resolution. So for both the plot and the character arcs, but also leaving, you know, a few questions out there. I'm never a massive fan of books that tie everything up into a bow at the end, if that makes any sense. I always like ones where there's just like a couple little bits where you're like, oh, I wonder what happened with that. Or especially in series as well, because you want to, obviously leave questions for the reader to bring them back um, to the next book. Do you read mainly series though? Not always, not always. Sometimes standalones. I don't mean like the plot isn't resolved. I just mean like, you know how sometimes some books leave a few threads that kind of leave you to fill in like what might have happened to this person or we can talk about it a bit later when we talk about a type of ending. I'm just finding it interesting considering something that you yeah. mentioned further on. But as, oh, as I said, we yes, can... but there's <laughs> no, there's very specific ones that I don't like. Yeah. But this is where like the main plot's tied up. I think often short stories do this. They have a really solid ending, but they don't, they leave a couple threads that are mm. loose and you're like, okay, that's all right. The one we're talking about later is I don't like books that end and you have to piece the whole ending together yourself. Those are the ones I don't like. Right, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so saying I like endings to give closure to the events in your story, but especially since we write series, I like in particular our endings and endings in series too to raise more questions about the overall plot line as well. So it's like kind of a little bit, not contradictory, but you're like, oh, I've resolved everything, but also there are these things that aren't resolved that are going to bring the readers back um, in a series later on. I thought I'd also end, uh, add in another one that I think is fairly important, and that's adding some sort of tension or suspense to the ending events. I really get annoyed in series when like the big event happens and then there's like three chapters of like after the event and it kind of like takes away a lot of the... um you know, suspense that they've built up. I do think like three is maybe a bit much, but I don't mind like one chapter. Yeah. 
one or two after the main <laughs> event. <laughs> yeah. So I don't like, yeah, I'm not a fan when they, you know, they drag it and you're like, oh, but you had such a good ending. And now I'm like, however many chapters past this, I'm like, no. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I think there is a, you know, it's important to have some sort of tension and suspense, which I think is a good thing to have in an ending. Mm-hmm. So I thought now we could kind of talk about how we end up getting, you know, the ideas for our endings and writing the endings, you know, all of that kind of more writing issues with endings, I guess. And the point to start with that is whether we think it's important to know the ending of our book before we start writing it. I know for the pantsers out there, they might be like, what is this (laughs) concept that you speak of? But I will ask you to bear with us because I do think it has some benefits if you're going to, you know, think about or know what your ending is before you start. In the same sentiment, we've kind of talked about this before, is goes for when you're writing a series as well. Having some idea where your series is going to finish um, down the track. So we could talk about that for a little bit. So I'm going to start by kind of saying, (laughs) as you might have noticed a little bit already, I'm not sure that Ashley and I are 100% on the same page when talking about endings. So I feel this is going to be slightly controversial, but you know, like maybe we can cover both sides of things. And I mean, we, we still do agree on like the major points and we don't usually find ourselves on the same page when we're actually writing. But apparently as I was writing out the um, notes for this episode, I discovered that there were like differences in the way we view things. So I think that's going to come across, which should be interesting. And so I'm going to side with the pantsers a bit, actually, and say, I don't think you need to know the ending right from the beginning. I think you can follow the character and see where it leads. And I'm going to give an example of this. So say you have a very villainous character at the start and you just kind of like follow along, see where like the story's going maybe he sets out on like a redemption kind of path or maybe his villainous ways get even worse and he's an absolute mess by the end the final payoff then becomes the consequence of that character's journey but you know I would probably stop at some point maybe around the two-thirds mark and at least consider the route that they've taken so far because at some point um, you're going to need to make a decision of what the final payoff is going to be whether you decide whether to do that before you start the book or whether you do it halfway through it, I think it would be very rare for someone to like just you know write keep going and writing and then be like wow that's a massive event let's make that the end maybe some people do do that I don't but I feel like most people kind of like pause and go okay how am I going to end this like what's a big finale going to be whether you're a pantser or a plotter, I feel like that would be the common way of doing things. So I think what I would warn about with pantsing is letting yourself pants the entire thing, if that can be a word, (laughs) Um, but then not admitting to yourself that you actually do have plans for the character. And by that, I mean, say you let the character do their own thing. Again, we'll go with the villain at the start and sort of see where it leads and you know by the end they turn out to be an absolutely horrendous person but instead of taking this into account and having a satisfying ending that encompasses 
some sort of final comeuppance or a resolution that shows the like the realistic consequences of this person's actions you harbor a secret desire to see this character get everything they want and that you decide to give it a fairy tale ending where this terrible person ends up with a lovely wife and kids and suddenly has a change of heart when he hasn't taken any steps towards redemption previously so I guess what I'm saying is that the ending needs to be congruent with the story which means being honest with yourself about where you see this character ending up and I think this is sometimes where thinking ahead can be beneficial as I said I don't think it's necessarily needed but you know like it like any approach to writing has its benefits and that is one of them is that you know that your story is going to be congruent and you're not going to have to go back and like fix this strange ending that does not satisfy readers at all (laughs) so what would you have to say about that Ashley so generally when I'm thinking about books and even when you know we write down ideas for your you know uh, novels that you've thought of in your mind for me I usually think of the ending if that makes any sense like in my mind I'm like ah, this would be a cool like thing to happen and then I'm like all right so that's like the ending and then I have to work you know plan out sort of what happens to get to that point um in my mind it's not usually an overall concept that I think of I'm usually like ah this would be really cool like I like this sort of like twist or whatever on this thing and then I work back to get to that point so I guess kind of kind of different in that way and I guess when we're writing together we sort of have to have a loose idea of where our book's going but I don't think you need to know exactly how the event happens if that makes sense and all of the fine details like Mm -hmm. for me with endings or at least when we're planning them together we're like this thing is going to happen but it's not necessarily set in stone how they end up in that situation and it's also usually only like the big thing yeah that is sort of planned are all the subplots and things well usually we haven't come up with any yet (laughs) they kind of develop naturally as they go so you end up obviously having to tie those off I guess naturally or however it comes to I guess at the end of the book when the time is right so I think there's sort of a I guess a balance between the two if that makes any sense Although I do think that it is helpful to know your ending one because it does make you, or I find it makes me a lot more focused, especially well, especially at the moment writing our ancient Greece book. We have a loose idea, I guess, where a few characters are going and, well, we know where they are going because it happened in history. But <laughs> knowing it, well, it does keep, I guess, it keeps me on track with the characters because I could... I don't know if Sarah could imagine this, but I could imagine myself getting carried away with some of the characters and their side plots and everything, but I know where they're going. So it does, I'm trying to keep them reined in to a certain extent to make sure that, you know, we don't change history basically, which I think is good. It is good. It does make for some interesting issues, I guess, but I think good overall. The annoying thing with endings is you can't like share what the endings are. (laughs) So I keep finding, like, I want to say something, like, I can't say that though, because that will ruin the ending. See, I thought this was going to be a difficult podcast to do because of that. I was like, hmm, could be short. But then, yeah, when I started writing the notes, I was like, well, I have a lot to say, despite <laughs> not having any examples. 
yeah despite that we can't share anything um <laughs> there is a lot to say about it oh i'll also add when you do have an ending in mind before you start it is really helpful to let you you know you can leave those little breadcrumbs a lot easier as you go which i always like it's always such a good feeling when you're like writing away and then you're like ha ha <laughs> I can add something here that will, you know, have a really nice impact later down the track. Mm, it does help with foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes, not always, but I find even, you know, when we go back and edit, obviously we add more foreshadowing in and it's always a bit of a struggle not to make it look like here is the foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like disguise it in there and it comes a lot more naturally when you include it in the first draft yeah 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 you have that idea of what's going on a little bit later down the track and I guess if we're talking about series and we've mentioned this before I think it is very important to have at least some idea where it's going to go because I hate series that just go on and on and on and on because they haven't figured out or they don't often I don't know if they haven't figured it out but it feels like they don't know where it's going to end so they kind of just keep going yeah I do think there's a bit of a danger and I like series to have like a series arc. Yeah. And I think that can be quite hard to create unless you've started to think about the series as a whole. So yeah, I will say definitely. that. Definitely. I don't know if you can kind of tell, but I don't know. Some I've read quite a few series where I've been disappointed at the end. You know, you're like, oh, this is such a good premise, but like you should have ended it before. Do you know what I was thinking of like when I was writing this? It's not like a book series. But How I Met Your Mother, the TV show, oh, had yes. like the most disappointing ending. Yes, I agree. <laughs> in the history of endings. Oh. It was like, you know, like I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone else. I um, agree though. Or actually mm-hmm. just, you know, like skip past this bit a little bit if you um <laughs> but for everyone else who has watched the How How I Met Your Mother, spoiler alert. Like, seriously. You spend the entire series, like the series is called How I Met Your Mother. And then it's not even about how he meets. <laughs> like you spend the whole series like, oh, when are we going to meet her? And then they kill her. <laughs> like within like one episode. Or oh, I was mad. Or was and mad. then they're like, oh, yeah, actually, we're getting him back together with this other character that has been there from like the beginning who didn't work out (laughs) multiple times yeah (laughs) it's like Uh, what is that (laughs) yeah no that frustrated me I said to Dan I I said you know I feel like they had this idea actually I feel like they had planned it and they thought it was going to be like an awesome twist like oh you know we're going to do this and then but because the characters like developed I felt like they didn't take into account the character's development and so that when they like did this twist at the end, it was just like, what are you doing? This makes no sense. <laughs> Anyways, Derry. Well, no, I was going to say, the, this conversation reminds me very much of Lost as well, which obviously great premise. And then they're just like, uh, I don't know what to do. They were dead. <laughs> it's a dream, pretty much. Frustrating. Oh my goodness. Okay. Anyways, we'll stop. We'll stop. But have an idea where it's going because, you know, People do trust you when they're reading or watching your um, work and they're trusting you to give them an ending that they're going to be satisfied with. So think about it. Think about it. I'll leave it with that. (laughs) I guess moving on, I thought we could talk about how we 
each individually or collaboratively decide on um, the ending event or the conclusion of each of our stories, which is kind of doesn't differentiate this from actually writing, physically doing the writing of the ending, which is a little bit different. So I thought we could talk about that next. What do you reckon, Sarah? So, I mean, we've kind of talked about it before is that, you know, we do plan extensively what we're going to do. And although Ashley just in an earlier question mentioned that she kind of thinks of the ending first to me that is part sometimes of the concept like you know you're thinking of a an idea for a book and you're like hey it would be really cool if I had a book about like this thing happening or something like to me that's like part and parcel of the actual concept is because typically like the ending event is the biggest event in the book because you want to build up you know you want to build the tension and the stakes sort of as you go and so when you're thinking about like the big event at the end it's often kind of tied in with the concept so I do think that a lot of people even if they are pantsers probably do have an idea of what is going to be the ending because again it's like tied up within the concept of what they're writing well yeah some people some people like come up with I guess books based on like a character or something right like Mm, it depends what your like how you I guess how you come up with your ideas or I'm definitely an event-based person you're like oh this event is cool but I think even if you came up with it with like a character and you're like you know you've got a character who typically you're thinking of it in terms of like if you're thinking of like a concept you're thinking of it like this character is like this sort of person that this thing has happened to this character or like this is going to happen to this character or like something that's happened in their lives or is going to happen in their lives that like shapes the events of the book so even if it's like character driven I still feel like there's a bit of a plot element to it I don't know I mean that's just my kind of thoughts on it and yeah I know that some people like start like right from the beginning of like this is my characters my character traits and then just like go but maybe those people can tell us what it's like <laughs> shed some light on it for us if any of you are listening please I did want to talk a little bit about like building the stakes and the tension because you don't want to have like an event that's crazy and exciting midway through only to have the tension sort of diminish and evaporate long before the end kind of like what you were saying about like you know three chapters of like boring wrapping up stuff that doesn't need to be wrapped up (laughs) and so you know the readers they want to see your character's life getting incrementally more complex until they have to face their hardest challenge yet And that's where the satisfaction comes in with the ending and the final payoff. So we have had it before with the price of pandemonium where the biggest event was really midway through the book. And then the tension kind of just dissipated. Yeah. (laughs) So this is where editing also helps because once we identified it, we asked ourselves, you know, how can we ramp up the tension in these last few chapters and how can we make this event trump that gigantic thing that happened several chapters before (laughs) and it's not necessarily as hard as what you think it is to fix even if on paper one event looks like the crux of the book we had like how we did it is we had that event set up the final payoff so the cumulative effect on the character's kind of health and well-being 
made the final event even more tension filled because they kind of like deteriorated further by the effects of what happened in this like midway event. Well, I should do Sarah. Um, I had the beta reader read the price of pandemonium and they have comments from the ending, which I think I can read because it doesn't give anything away. It's just like her reaction at the end and it's hilarious. So I can, okay. I can read that just because you've mentioned it. Um, and we've already mentioned that we like, like cliffhangers, obviously. She says, what a place to stop with six exclamation marks. And then <laughs> all caps, how did you choose this place to stop? Oh my God. In brackets, <laughs> I'm not yelling, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, sorry, I just thought that would, it kind of fits your point. <laughs> is this after the initial, or is what beta reader is this? Like, this is like one from like last week. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, that makes sense. So it's the like, new I version. I had this one. It's the yeah. new version. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sorry, I thought you'd enjoy that. And it Go fits on. your point. <laughs> does, does. Continue. Um, that's kind of what I had to say about how we how we do things. So if you wanted to expand on that a little bit, uh, I'd, I'd just say that we, which I've kind of said before, we we usually have an idea of you know the really big payoff that's going to happen, but we don't necessarily have an idea of how our you know our subplots are going to end because often we haven't made them yet, and at least in the planning stages, and we have had to go back before and make sure we tie those subplots off like in price of pandemonium again we did leave mm -hmm. a lot of subplots kind of just dangling there which needed some fixing because uh, you know especially in a series it's kind of, it's quite easy to fall into the oh but we can wrap it up in the next book kind of mentality and yeah, forget about yeah. them a little bit and you do you know need to keep your readers in mind and be like hey like this is you know this is something that they feel quite strongly might feel quite strongly about we should probably give them some sort of resolution whether it's what they want yeah. or not <laughs> you at least gotta like kind of allude to things I think yeah yeah rather than like you don't necessarily need to tie it off but you need to like you, you need to make it so that you, the readers can see it just the subplot hasn't fallen off the face of the earth basically yes <laughs> yes Yes, <laughs> exactly. And I guess the other thing to think about, especially in a series at the end or in ending chapters is just having a think about anything you need to set up for later. Because often at the end of whatever book you are in your series, unless it's the last one, obviously, there are going to be some threads that you want to make sure carry on into the next novel. And you need to make sure that you've you know, either highlighted them again, possibly, so, you know, you're pulling back to something from before, or at least you have that line open. You know what I mean? <laughs> Makes sense. Yes. I think that takes us now to how we go about writing the endings, like actually. So Sarah's written two of them. I've written one of them. So I thought if we have any suggestions or anything we can offer people who are listening. So out of our books, I wouldn't actually say I've written two <laughs> um, because the first one was a bit of a coincidence, to be honest. <laughs> as much as we're talking about how to do this so as people might remember me mentioning or us mentioning on previous episodes that the first book was too long so I more chose the point where we should split it <laughs> and though it was a chapter that I wrote initially it wasn't supposed to be an ending but <laughs> It did work perfectly, even down to the very last line. <laughs> <It did. laughs> 
like it rounded everything off. Maybe you subconsciously knew that was the true ending, like deep. Well, I kind of think we might have because when you like look at it, there was really like two separate big events in that novel in quotation marks. And so it really was just two books in one. And so like, you know, we kind of chose a point where like after the first event ended that, you know, it kind of rounded itself off just very nicely. I don't even think we really did much editing on it, to be honest. I think it's fairly. Yeah, I don't know. Fairly the same. I remember I edited like one thing to match up with something in the next. Oh, yeah. Because we rewrote the next chapter of the second book, like the first chapter of the second book. There was like just a few discrepancies of which I just. Minor stuff. Yeah. Fixed in the order. Like where people Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Really matter. <laughs> so, you know, I was just like, oh, I just need to like fix this round. And that was basically like, aside from that, it was very little editing on that last chapter. But, you know, I did have the experience of writing my own psych thriller ending and doing the ending of Darkness Set Us Free. I kind of talked a little bit about the psych thriller before, but in Darkness Set Us Free, I really tried hard not to rush the final payoff which is something that I find very tricky when it's action-filled and the pace is fast. Like the pace was absolutely, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like ripping along at a great series of knots (laughs) um, in the last chapter of Darkness Set Us Free. And so my hardest part with that book was having the action slow down naturally enough from kind of panic-filled terror to a sort of lower key but yet still high tension high stake kind of dread if that makes sense (laughs) yeah so I also like to have an ending that resonates with the theme as well which I think can make it feel a lot more satisfactory to the readers the final lines like when we were discussing the opening lines have to be well thought out and leave the reader thinking about the character whether through open-ended questions or pondering the theme and the character's arc. So yeah, I did, I actually wrote the line, or I thought of it in my head several nights before even attempting the chapter or even starting the chapter, I think. I was lying, lying in bed and I was thinking about, yeah, kind of thinking about the theme, I guess, and where we were going to end it and kind of wrote the line put it into my phone notes and then went to sleep. And then I did use that exact line and it wasn't too hard to work in either. I think like it did end up naturally getting towards that point. Cause I did have like a set idea of exactly where it was going to end. Well, not quite exactly where I guess, but yeah, I think I had to like jig it around a bit. So it made sense for like their like exact location of where they were standing kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like it, it worked out quite well, I think. How about you, Ashley? I had a very similar process to yours. I did, you know, before writing the last chapter of Price of Pandemonium, I did, you know, have quite a clear idea of what well, one, there's a lot of plot points which had to happen that were already set out, but I did have quite a clear view of what I wanted or like how I wanted it to end. And like you, I had an idea of exactly not the exact wording, but the kind of wording I wanted um, at the end, especially considering, I guess it's more of a setup um, yeah, ending, if that true. makes any that's sense. True. Yeah, which I think 
is what I wanted though as well if that makes any sense like I wanted <laughs> like we had to give some sort of clues about what's happening going to happen because it leaves it at quite a quite a point and so yeah needed to give some sort of indication of what's going to happen in the next book but also try and round off the price of pandemonium so it was kind of like a balancing act but I think it was I think it ended up ended up good another one where there again like Sarah's a lot happens and it's very fast paced so yeah I, I remember reading it and yeah we did have very much the same issue where like I read it and I was like whoa it kind of like feels like it just ends but then when I read it later, I was like, oh, it just needs like a tiny, like a cup, like literally a couple of sentences like plugged in here and there. And then it was fine. Um, yeah. And that was kind of the same as mine. Like, you know, we, I think you were like, wow, it's really fast paced. We need to slow it down a bit. And so, you know, I added in like a short paragraph or a few sentences and yeah, it seemed to do the trick. So sometimes it's just a few sentences to transition from that really fast pace to something that's slightly easier to work with. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, it's, I do enjoy writing the endings. Yeah, they're, they're fun. I feel like you have a lot clearer of a picture of the ending sometimes than you do of a beginning. I don't know. <laughs> yes, you've written so true. much. It's like easier to see. But yeah. Okay, let's move on. So I then, you know, when I was like planning out the notes for the show, just kind of going through, thinking about endings, you know, reading a lot of literature about it. And then, you know, a lot of people were talking about how important the editing process is to making sure that your ending is satisfying. Thought we could talk a little bit about how we use editing to make sure that our ending is gripping enough and satisfying enough. Kind of goes with what we were talking about just before. So for me, the editing really helps me to make sure I've included the threads because I feel like, especially in that first draft, is that it's easy to miss threads that need to be addressed when you're writing the first draft. So I often write ending and then I'll read over my writing and think, oh, I haven't mentioned this situation. The readers will wonder about that. And so then I'll retroactively add in those smaller subplots. And kind of like I said before, they need to at least be identified in some way. So the reader knows whether this is an important thread that's going to continue in the next book. Or if it doesn't, then it needs to be resolved either in the final chapter or earlier in the book. So sometimes, you know, you can get a character that seemed really important at the start and then they just drop out of existence. And <laughs> you generally want to avoid this by tying up the loose end somewhere along the line. And again, those last couple paragraphs, I often rework until the wording is perfect, making sure it flows naturally from the bulk of the chapter, um, but that it also rounds off in a satisfying way. How about you? Um, very similar. The editing, editing, the ending. The ending is critical, but so is the editing. In the first draft, it's usually a lot of the finer details that are either missing or aren't quite hashed out properly. And for us, yes, the usually the big finale has been planned out. But as I've said before, we don't often plan a lot of our subplots. So they are, you know, developed quite naturally throughout the book. So it's quite important for us when we go back to make sure that well, sometimes we don't even know there's a subplot as well that you don't discover <laughs> until you're like reading through after your first draft and you're like, Ah, uh, so that's a thing now. Um, we should probably yeah. <laughs> we should probably deal with that because you know the readers are going to have a lot of questions. So yeah, it's important to go back through, do that, make sure that you've left enough clues through there about what's going to happen. We've had to do that quite a few times with 
you know, we haven't either something's too obvious or it's like not obvious enough and we need to go back and just add, you know, some more things in there just to make sure that it doesn't just come out of the blue and confuse the readers. That's about it. Yeah, it's mostly, well, for us, subplots that we have to go back and fix, I think. Right, so I thought we could very briefly talk about the six-ish types of endings, which after, you know, I did a lot of reading and I came to the conclusion there's about six types of endings. There are, you know, a few more, but these are like the main ones. I thought we could go through them, kind of talk about them with respect to is there ones that we prefer to use, ones that we hate? Maybe a lot of them are probably genre specific as well. So maybe we can kind of just briefly talk about that. So the six types of endings, generally speaking, are one, the loop ending. So that's the one where the ending kind of ties back to the beginning. Um, There's a surprise ending where you switch up the story to take the reader by surprise at the end. Then you've got the moral of the story, uh, which is the where the last lines sort of spell out, I guess, the theme or the takeaway that you want your reader to get from reading your book. Then you've got the cliffhanger, which we've talked about. There's the happily ever after slash the crystal ball one where you then, you know, ex- kind of explain what's happened in the future and their wonderful lives, if it is wonderful. And then there's the ambiguous ending, which is the ones well, I've mentioned before that I don't like, where they leave you to piece together what happened, if that makes any sense, which, yeah, I've got things to say about that. Anyway, um, so did you want to start, Sarah, talking about what we prefer and maybe genre-specific endings? Yeah, so I've kind of mentioned it already about how we, well, at least I know that for series in particular, I prefer cliffhanger endings. Um, And for standalones, I quite like a loop ending. So as you can tell with my comments on theme, I also quite like moral elements to be tied into the ending whatever form that takes so like I don't think you need to specifically have it like resonate with the theme but at the same time adding the theme into like you know a loop ending or a cliffhanger ending even like that's kind of more my style if that makes sense so it's kind of like a bit of a combination of them surprise endings are great as long as they're really well set up if they don't have enough clues on the way, then it can feel a bit um, like what they call deus ex machina. I don't know. I never know. Don't ask me. <laughs> Where the author has arbitrarily added something in to make it seem dramatic, but it doesn't really work. Ambiguous endings can be done well, I think, but I prefer them for standalones. Um, if the writer is trying to point out like a moral gray area, maybe, where two different forms of thought are presented at once, which sort of leaves the reader thinking hard about their own beliefs. But if it's a straight question of where the character ends up without any moral questions, then I don't like them as much because it feels like the writer just simply hasn't bothered deciding. Yeah, I know. I get the (laughs) same feeling. You're like, so did they or did they not? Or like, I don't understand. Like, just tell me. I like, I've read this book. Tell me. Yeah, I do think that, like, it depends on how well you do. Like, all of the endings can be brilliantly done and satisfying, but it depends on how well you do them. So, like, for ambiguous, some people take ambiguous meanings to mean the reader gets to choose their own path and I don't have to decide how it ends. But to me, that's not really the point of it. To me, the point of it is supposed to be, you know, like, 
the characters may be facing like a moral choice or not not even a choice is that like you know there's two kind of two equally interesting things that the character could have done based on their character like based on their character traits and based on their own beliefs and things and it sets up like a question of sort of what you believe as well like and what you feel is important to you and I feel like those ones are better well like better done because it causes the reader to kind of mull it over and think about like their real life situation versus the character and stuff so I think they can be good but only in specific situations um (laughs) very certain examples and yeah I don't think they have to be genre specific but I do think there are certain tropes in genres that are more accepted. For example, romance typically has a fairy tale ending. Thrillers usually have like a false ending that's followed by a, a true resolution. But they don't always stick in these categories either. So if we take, you know, romance as the previous example, there are still many great romances that end tragically, but these ones usually have a moral element to them instead of the happy ending so you can play with different ideas for endings and most are still workable within your genre is what I'd say about that how about you Ashley so I prefer like just as a reader generally I prefer the cliffhanger and I say moral of the story but you know the ones where they give some sort of commentary and you know you kind of are left thinking oh yes it's rounded off nicely Um, which is probably why I gravitate towards, I guess, those kind of endings more. Obviously with cliffhangers, I don't like it when they just end mid-event. That's, I don't think that's like how a cliffhanger is supposed to be. does, no. (laughs) So, you know, you have to obviously do them well. And usually, even if you're using a cliffhanger ending there, it does come a point where you can, you know, naturally end it (laughs) and still leave questions for the readers and still have it, you know, cliffhanger style. And I those are the books mm-hmm. that I probably prefer. Broadly speaking, I think kind of like Sarah said, there are some endings that are common in certain genres. And if, for example, if you are an avid romance fan, there are probably, you know, some endings that you're used to seeing. And when they're not there, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I think there are, you know, there's some that are definitely more common in certain genres over other genres. Not that you have to stick to it, but there are some. And I, I think for example, like if you are reading a thriller, you are going to, you know, expect a certain type of ending. And I guess if you're going to switch up that kind of ending, I guess you have to really make sure that you are still making it satisfying and that the reader is still going to appreciate it, even if they're expecting something different. So I think that's really important. As I said before, I'm not a fan of the ambiguous ending. I just, well, I when I read a book I like to be told I guess what has happened I don't like being made to guess it and I guess it probably just means that they haven't done it well when I'm left to guess what's happened and I can't yeah Um, so maybe that's just the ones that I have read but I think as I said before I think there are you know minor threads in stories that you can leave exposed that you know you can leave the reader wondering like oh I wonder if you know, these two minor characters ever did get together. Like it kind of was leading that way. I, you know, I like the idea that they got together or whatever, but the actual main plot is appropriately ended. Let's go with that Yeah, for me. Right. Let's continue on then. 
Um, I thought this kind of leads nicely into ending chapters because I don't know how other people write chapters, but, you know, you want to make sure that at the end of your chapter, your reader is also engaged and wants to move on to the next chapter. So I thought we could very briefly talk about how we decide to end our chapters and maybe some of the techniques that we use. Yeah. Do you want to go first, Sarah? So my chapter endings are probably similar style to my actual endings where (laughs) I... especially like for chapter endings I usually like to leave them quite cliffhangerish but you know like sometimes they do have just deeper insight sometimes the the, like the cliffhanger question comes a little bit before the actual like last few sentences that end it if that makes any sense and then the last few sentences will be like a insight like by the character or a comment on the situation kind of thing but yeah so I will <laughs> I started... I was gonna say I was gonna say that's probably why we were able to end when the rain falls when we did anyways yeah because probably. you write your chat well I guess both of us do write our chapter endings we kind of consider them like little episodes so we do have like an ending usually like quite a well thought out ending for each chapter which is probably why we're able to be like oh let's just stop it here it works well I think especially when you're writing multiple perspectives and you know you're not going to visit that character again for a couple chapters you can't just like leave it like yeah it's gotta it's gotta be something that makes you think about the character and excited to read like their chapter further on so you remember oh yeah this big thing happened and this was their thoughts about it instead of like just something like random that happens and then you've forgotten about that character by the time you reach them again, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But, you know, like I started doing the cliffhanger style, at least consciously after reading the first few novels in the Expanse series, because I'd noted that pretty much every single chapter ended in a cliffhanger. And sometimes I'd turn the page without realizing that the chapter had ended. And so that's kind of what I always want and striving to create is to have the readers literally like start reading the next chapter without realizing that they're reading the next chapter. (laughs) It's like my goal. So, and you know, like just as I was writing up these notes, you know, I pulled a few other books off the shelf. The ones that I have on my shelf are fairly action filled So I don't know whether this is like a symptom of the genre, but (laughs) basically like any book that I pulled had the same thing where in some way or another, you could consider it like a minor cliffhanger, you know, without fail, all of them had a point of ending with something exciting, whether it be good or bad about to happen. And as to chapter endings that I don't like, ones that don't wind down properly without any character reflection or without a true cliffhanger as we discussed before I find that quite jarring like sometimes I've read books where I think the writer was going for a cliffhanger but rather than a dramatic end it just feels like it stopped mid-conversation or even mid-thought sometimes (laughs) you know it comes down to what I said earlier but on a smaller scale just like your book has an arc each chapter also has an arc and the chapter still has to have a resolution And again, the cliffhanger forms from the resolution and raises a new question of what's going to happen next. So that's kind of my thought on chapter endings. My thoughts are very similar. I also prefer the cliffhanger ending Um, or a combination of the cliffhanger with like a moral reflection 
generally, mm. you know, or at the end, the character doesn't know every chapter obviously has to have action in it. So sometimes you've got a slower chapter and I usually then end them with, you know, some sort of feeling, thought, observation, whatever that leaves the reader with like more of like a cliffhanger question. Like, are they going to make yeah, this decision yeah, yeah. or like, you know, like, oh, interesting. Like he's in a very interesting place. Like, I wonder what's going to happen next kind of thing when I yeah. can't end on a cliffhanger, like an actual, you know, action-y style cliffhanger. Yeah, I should clarify that to me, yeah. As long as it's like asking a big question of the character, to me, that's a cliffhanger. Whether you have like a huge action-filled scene, whether someone's like, you know, about to die or not, like that's not the only type of cliffhanger that you have. Yeah. I guess for me, again, like I also treat them like, you know, like kind of like their own story give them I try to give them intriguing beginning and then you know uh, as well rounded a conclusion as I can and to me I find that chapters seem to come to a fairly natural end for me most of the time I'd say like 80% of the time I don't have too much trouble finding a good end point and then there's the 20% where I'm like should I end it now Sarah should I end it now Sarah should I end it now and I'll be like not yet <laughs> um, I do find that sometimes not to like, you know, pick like, again, you know, as we discussed last time, Ashley's much better at beginnings than what I am. I find that sometimes with your endings, like the conversation ones sometimes don't quite hit the, the right note when you end on like a piece of dialogue. Sometimes it just needs like one more sentence to give it like that impact. But <laughs> mostly. The, the time yeah. I'm sick of the chapter and I'm like, it's over now. <laughs> we can come back to this later. Yeah, but yeah, fairly similar. I think cliffhangers are a great way for writing chapters as well, which I think I, I like, and I like reading them too. It does make you want to be like, oh, what happens next? Which is always an important question you want your reader to have. I thought just for the end here, we could talk about maybe which what we find most challenging about writing endings, and maybe whether we prefer writing endings or beginnings. So for me, I've mentioned this before. And it's generally something that I need to work on in all of my writing is slowing down the action to make a satisfying end. Even when you've got like, you know, that really action-packed scene with cliffhangers, the clue is in the words. So um, (laughs) cliffhangers make the reader feel as if they're hanging, not as if they've fallen off the edge of the cliff already. (laughs) And I think if you end too abruptly, readers can be like, you know, I'm, I kind of like think of like a cartoonish situation where, you know, how the cartoon characters will like run over the edge of the cliff and they'll like, they'll still be running and then they'll be like, be like, what? And then like look down and then they're like, oh no. <laughs> That's kind of what I feel like sometimes if I don't slow it down, it must feel like for the readers. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, whoops. Yeah, like what the heck happened here? <laughs> Where's the rest of the story? And I feel like, you know, if you end on like a 10 on the tension scale, um, because the readers read faster, the higher the tension, that's kind of, you know, they're almost searching for the next sentence. Um, If they're reading that fast, that that's what happens. (laughs) So you kind of need to slow it down just a little bit, like to the right amount of tension to end on so that their their thoughts can actually catch up to their reading and they can be like oh yes this is ending (laughs) yeah so that's kind of my biggest sticking point is slowing it down (laughs) 
And as to whether I prefer endings or beginnings, I definitely prefer writing endings because I do get a huge sense of satisfaction out of creating the perfect note to end a book on or even end a chapter on. I think that also comes with like satisfaction of finishing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like probably as much satisfaction as the reader gets reading it. Beginnings I find somewhat frustrating, as we've discussed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I find, so I find for endings, I usually have an idea where I want it to end, but it's like picking the ending. I find it a bit difficult. So like finding the exact right point to stop and then not being too preachy at the end as well. I always find myself like, I'll write an ending and then I'm like, oh, too preachy. And then I'll have to like go back and like take a lot of it out until it gets to like the at least semi-acceptable form that can go to Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Because I tend to... Yeah. So you have like the same same issue as what I have, except like I have got the issue with beginnings is that I just ramble on on the beginnings instead of like getting to the point. And you do that on your endings. Yes. Yeah. And then I go back but... and delete it basically. Basically what happens is I write an, like a paragraph ending and then I'm like, mm, no, too rambling. And I like delete half of it. And then we'll just be like, uh, here, it's fine. <laughs> Most of the time. Sometimes, you know, it's obvious where to end and like those are fine. Like some chapters you're like, well, it's obviously ending here yeah but yeah and as for beginnings I do find beginnings harder to write I think because I find the ending comes a little bit more naturally because you're already writing if it makes any sense yeah but I think I do prefer writing the beginning I don't know why (laughs) yeah I think especially with chapter beginnings I find that I can start them fairly easily the beginning of the novel is like a different thing but I do enjoy writing the beginnings of novels at least beginning with chapters I usually find that I'm like okay blah 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 and I'm like in I do not. Um, <laughs> they're a challenge you're <laughs> like where are they what are they doing what does the scene look like I have too many questions like endings I'm you know you already know where the character is what they're doing you just have to find the right words <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm just lazy <laughs> Alrighty, let's show move on to mistakes of the month Sure. Actually, I meant to try and add mistakes of the month, but I didn't actually have any. That's all good. I have my favorite one of all time now that has happened. So we can do what you want. Sounds good. Because I did read over the stuff that I'd written and I was like, there must be like some, and I'm sure there is a mistake in there, but they're not usually very amusing these days, or at least with the ancient Greece book. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So... The first one is not my most favorite one ever, but we'll go through it anyways. So it is, we could make good use of him against the Spartans, Sophus explained, reigning an eyebrow instead of raising. <laughs> but my next one is literally the best one that I've ever come across. I like cry laughed. So his sandaled feet slapped the dusty toad instead <laughs> of the dusty road. It does so sound good. very strange. It sounds like some sort of... I don't know. Like ceremony or something. So I was like, oh my God, it's so good. I the dusty toad. The d- slept the dusty toad. Get out, get out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, anyways. Uh, and then the last one that I found was how he had tarnished his panther's legacy. It was meant to be pater, like the Greek word for father, but panther's legacy. I was like, yes, yes. Leontiati's father is a panther. How excellent. <laughs> I think that one was an autocorrect mistake. 
Dusty Toad. Maybe I must have typed the T instead of the R, but is still excellent. <laughs> well, they are right next to each other on the keyboard, <laughs> like QWERTY keyboards. So, so it's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so those are my mistakes for this month. Okay, we should probably round this up. Yes. So if you would like to be on our author spotlight series, then please head over to lindersoncreations.com and you can click on the podcast in the main menu and it'll give you a drop down, which will lead you to a page to be featured on Dear Writer. Next time on Dear Writer, it's going to be another one of our culture and creativity episodes where we talk about how we can be more creative in our everyday lives. And if you'd like to know more about us and our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or check us out on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Lindison Creations. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone.